for we are Christ's ambassadors, since God is making his appeal through us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Be seated. Oh, good morning to everyone. Good morning. Today, I would like to refer to you also as my fellow and faithful ambassadors. And uh, as we go along in the sermon, get an understanding of why I'm calling you my faithful and fellow ambassadors. Our scriptures, oftentimes, brothers and sisters, uh, have us landing right in the middle of something that's going on. And we may wonder, what the heck is happening in this passage, right? It's like dropping in in the middle of a conversation. So, if you look at that passage that we had this morning there from Jeremiah, that is exactly what has happened. That we have been dropped into the middle of a conversation. Preceding verses there, uh, Hananiah has prophesied that the, the Babylonian captivity is only going to last two years. Two years, he says. And that's why Jeremiah, when he comes in, says, Amen. That would be a great thing if it was only going to be two years. But of course, history and scriptures tells us that the actual captivity lasted 70 years. So that's what's happening in that conversation there. And it also lifts up to us the, the idea of, of prophecy and whom we hear, what we hear. Whether sometimes we want a prophet who will tell us what we want to hear, it's going to be all right. It's only going to last two years. Or a prophet who is telling us what we need to hear. It's going to be 70 years, two generations. We are going to have to get ourselves together and expect to endure some trauma and some trial. Do we want to hear from the prophet what we want to hear or what we need to hear? In uh, St. Paul, writing to, to Timothy, there in I think it's the second letter, he says, the time will come. The time will come when people will not want to follow true and doctrine as it is taught, but will have itching ears and will want to hear what they want to hear and not what they need to hear. One way of discerning the prophet is how the prophet is speaking, either what we want, what we need to hear, and of course, is it based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. As we go into our election season that's coming up, that will be something to hold on to, right? Is this person saying what I want to hear to reassure me, or maybe what I need to hear to truly challenge me to make the changes that are needed within my life and within my country. So they often are dropped into the middle of things in these conversations and in these passages that we get in the Bible. Same thing happens with today's passage there in the gospel, where we are dropped into the middle of something. This is coming, these verses, right at the end of Jesus' instruction to the disciples, preparing them for their first mission. He has told them, do not go to the Gentiles or to the Samaritans, but only to the lost sheep of Israel. And don't take anything with you, no money, no bag for your food, not even a pair of sandals. Go depending only on God. But Jesus knows that the world is hostile, unforgiving, and unwelcoming. 
I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves, he tells them. Yet, do not be afraid, for you are precious to God. And then he gives them this reassuring promise that is found in today's gospel passage. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. It is not themselves that they will proclaim or represent. They are being sent out as ambassadors and representatives. They are the prophets who speak the words of God given to them by the incarnate word of God. They are the righteous ones sent by the son of righteousness. And whoever welcomes them will be rewarded not with things of this world because as we just said, they don't have anything to give. All they have is their proclamation. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And they have the power that they have received. Power to cure the sick, to raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, lepers and cast out demons. These are the rewards that those who welcome them will receive. But before they go out, they have to understand who they are and whose they are. For it is through them that God and Jesus send the eternal message of salvation into the world. Today's collect that we read at the beginning calls them the foundation upon which God has built the church. These 12 and the 70 others who are gathered around, these are our ancestors. And we are the inheritors of the good work that they began. And we are called to continue proclaiming God's kingdom in word and deed. For like St. Paul and his colleagues, we are Christ's ambassadors. Since God is making his appeal through us, working through us to bring healing and reconciliation. So sit with that idea just for a moment. You are God's ambassadors. God is making his appeal to the world through each and every one of you. So what does it mean for us to be Christ's ambassadors, his representatives to the world? The word that Paul uses for ambassadors appears only twice in the New Testament, but it carries a very deep meaning and resonance known deeply and fully in the world of politics and international diplomacy. Then, as now, ambassadors, ambassadors are trusted emissaries, authorized, authorized, you can say by your baptismal covenant, authorized to speak on behalf of the country that has sent them, on behalf of the one who has sent you. I'm sure there's someone here who is probably familiar with the world of diplomacy and uh, ambassadors and emissaries, and I know full well that Mother Olivia could come up and give us chapter and verse based on her 30 years in the Foreign Service. Let us know that to be an ambassador is an awesome privilege and responsibility, for you represent more than yourself. As in the affairs of state, so too in the affairs of Christ. 
Just the other day, I was walking along Duke of Gloucester Street with a mother and her, her children, and, and one of her daughters, who was about, about three years old, pointed her finger at me and said, you work at the church because you have a church necklace. Never mind the black shirt and white collar around my neck. You work at the church because you have a church necklace. We represent more than ourselves. And another day, I sat on a bench there at Acton Park just watching the ducks and Spa Creek and the play of the, the wind and the light and the jogger who I did not know came running by and called out, Hi, Father! Off she went. We represent more than ourselves. In the benign and sort of positive sense, but also in the negative sense. As one said to me um, with uh, some evil in his voice, you work for that gay church. That was not a compliment. Another person who said, I'm giving up Christianity. I'm not going to be a Christian anymore because of the way that they treat other people. In many ways, our approval rating is down there with Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and the Supreme Court. We represent more than ourselves. And since this is true, and since we are Christ's ambassadors, can we then say in a spiritual sense that this church, this place that we call St. Anne's, is also Christ's embassy. Christ's embassy right here on Church Circle. In the same way that people go to the embassy for information and protection and, and travel documents, so too do we offer solace the love of God, and the means to travel and walk in this world by faith. We fly no banner, but the cross stands high. And even a three-year-old knows what that means. This is a church, Christ's embassy, where you'll find his faithful ambassadors. In today's gospel, the disciples the ambassadors are, are sent on a mission that depends on their being welcomed. For with the welcome, they receive the reward that is given. Those who receive them hear the word of God and receive the gift of grace. A new world opens up to them even though they have not yet experienced the risen Christ. And like those disciples, we too are sent into the world in hopes that our message will be received and that we, who have experienced the risen Christ, will proclaim God's word to those who present Christ to us. When I visited Kathy Allen a couple of weeks ago at Mercy Hospital, does that name ring a bell with anyone, Kathy Allen? It was, in that visit, as if I had been called by Christ. Often in these pastoral visits, sometimes I might mistakenly go into it as if I am the one who is bringing Christ into the room. 
when what is actually happening is Christ is already in the room waiting for me. And that's how it was with Kathy. Frail and lying in deep and profound weakness, her husband and daughter at her bedside, and me. You recall what the righteous one said there in the 25th chapter of Matthew's Gospel? Lord, when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And what did the Lord say? Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Sent to be welcomed, to be rewarded, to be instructed in the life of faith. A visit, a cup of cold water, our reward is the same. Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Come and receive this gift, the kingdom. But there is also for us the current satisfaction of having been obedient to our call and to the one whom we truly serve. For whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Be sent, my faithful and fellow ambassadors, to see Christ, to receive Christ, and to receive your reward. Amen. Amen.